Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord this morning. Well, we used to uh, go to a church. My um, wife is out there with Levi, but we used to go to a church, and they would make everybody, it's a good thing, <laughs> raise their hands and say these words. So say it with me. I'll say it, and you repeat it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Amen. Amen. And I was just reading that and it brought back to that old church we used to go to. Brought me back to my memory. And then verse 3 says, Who forgives all your iniquities. Amen. Who heals all your diseases. Amen. So if you have a disease this morning, if you have a sickness, and I think Levi's sick this morning, um, he can heal them. Amen. He can heal them. And you know what's even better than that? (laughs) If he doesn't heal you, but you're saved and you go to heaven, (laughs) it's even better than that. Who forgives all your iniquities. Amen. And this morning, if you're not saved this morning or if you're watching by the internet, all you have to do is ask the Lord to forgive you and he will forgive all your iniquities, which means sins, and he can heal all your diseases. And that's the most important thing. Amen. The Lord has many benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, no matter what happens in this world, amen, we have benefits through the finished work of Calvary, amen, through the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. We can be forgiven, amen, we can be healed, amen, we can be saved, amen, we can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking with other tongues, amen, our names can be written in the Lamb's book of life and we can go to heaven one day and be with him amen the rapture is coming soon the jesus is coming back soon the resurrection is going to happen are you ready this morning amen are you ready let's bless the lord this morning amen let's pray dear heavenly father come to you in jesus name god i thank you god for all your benefits lord jesus i pray that we will bless you this morning lord god that we will worship you this morning lord god that we will praise you this morning lord god we thank you for forgiving our sins lord god you forgive all our iniquities And you can heal all our diseases, Lord Jesus. And the biggest disease of all is sin, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross to come into this earth, sending your only Son, only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the most important thing in the world, Lord God. It's not a basketball game or it's not a job or a spouse or a child or a home or a truck or a car or a four-wheeler or anything else Lord Jesus it's not how much money you have in the bank or even how well you feel this morning it's all about being saved this morning Lord Jesus I pray that someone will get saved this morning someone will be healed someone will be delivered someone will be baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking with other tongues so that we can go to heaven one day, if we're saved, we're going to go to heaven. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Strike 
awesome. Lord, give me the strength to praise you. Speak your name one more time. Then let your angels carry me over to the other side. Between the pages of an old family Bible, I found tapes of person that said old revivals. Then I came upon the page. It was written by a feeble hand. It said, this is my last request, and these are my funeral plans. Well, when I die, let me die speaking tongues. Let it ring in my ears all of these songs I've sung. Lord, give me the strength to praise you. Speak your name one more time. Then let your angels carry me over to the other side. Well, Lord, I lived a long life, and now my race is run. I can't wait to leave here. I got nothing left undone. I got everything in order. Tell my children not to cry, because I left them a road map, and they can't meet me in the by and by. Well, when I die, let me die speaking in tongues. Let it ring in my ears All of these songs I've sung Lord, give me the strength to praise you Speak your name one more time Then let your angels carry me Over to the other side Go tell my friends and neighbors Tell them not to weep for me I'm gonna live forever I've finally been set free Oh, tell them not to mourn or to miss me when I'm gone. They can shout all around my grace, cause that ain't my final home. Well, when I die, let me die speaking in tongues. Let it ring in my ears all these songs I've sung. Lord, give me the strength to praise you. Speak your name one more time. And as your angels carry me over to the other side Don't tell my friends and neighbors Tell them not to weep for me I'm gonna live forever I've finally been set free Oh, tell them not to mourn Oh, to miss me when I'm gone They can shout all around my graveside Cause that ain't my final home Well, we let me die speaking in tongues Let it ring in my ears All these songs I've sung Lord, give me the strength to praise you Speak your name one more time Then let your angels carry me Over to the other side See, Lord, I've lived a long life Now my race is run I can't wait to leave here left undone I've got everything in order tell my children not to cry well I left them a road map and they can meet me in the by and by well when I die let me die speaking in tongues let it ring in my ears all of these songs I've sung Lord give me the strength to praise you speak your name one more time and let your 
There's already been a lot said about heaven this morning. Adam says some things about eternal life, knowing Jesus, the songs that they just sang. We're going to wear a robe and crown. I'm going to, are you going to wear a crown? Because some of you, I ain't quite too convinced that you know that you're going to wear one. That you know, do you know that if you die, where you will be? There's nothing standing between you and Jesus. That heaven will be your eternal home. Satan is a liar. He, he, uh, he tries to condemn God's people, make you think, well, you ain't worthy. Well, we know we ain't worthy. That's why we come through the blood. That's why we come through Jesus. He's worthy. And because he died for me, I'm going to heaven. And I'm going to wear a robe, a white robe, and you all white robes washed in the blood of the Lamb, symbolizing the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we're going to shout, our trouble's over, because we're in a brand new home. If that don't make you happy now... You better get happy about it now because it's the truth. It's what the Bible says. It's, it's where we're going. It's not a land of, oh, my back hurts today. It ain't going to be a place of, oh, my, my husband and my wife been mean to me again. It's over with. It, it ain't going to be no more. My boss threatened to fire. It ain't going to be no more. It ain't gonna be no sin. There ain't gonna be no devil. Hello. There ain't gonna be no chaos. There ain't gonna be no division. If we in the church would learn how to come to church and just throw everything else out the door, put our egos aside, come on, put our pride aside, say, Lord, touch me today. Lord, bless me today. Lord, speak to me today. Amen. And if we would, he would already done spoke to us from the time that man opened. Things he was saying, God speaks to people. And through the songs, he's speaking to people. I was talking to my great nephew last night. Boy got saved a few years ago, got the Lord turned that boy's life around him. I mean, he's on fire, and he had a near-death experience. And he told me about it. I tell you, it, it, it touched me a while back. But last night, he called to tell me about his grandfather, my half-brother. We were talking and talking. And, and he said, you know, he said, what's, he said, why do we have problems in our churches why is there division in the churches why do we have cliques in our churches <laughs> and i thought uh-huh well and i said yeah i said it happens in every church it's in every church where the spirit of god moves i said even in our own church he said yours i said oh yeah the devil shows up and he tries to use anything he can to divide god's people and you know he said something uh at the end he sent me this message he said what if everybody who goes to church tomorrow left their egos outside and left all their pride and left all their problems and everybody came into the doors of the church too and, and it was all about Jesus. He said, I wonder what God would do. I said, boy, you are preaching good because I say it all the time. If we put our pride aside and our egos and who we are or who we think we are, and just remember, it's all about Jesus, and you ain't nothing without him. And boy, when you learn that, God starts moving in your life, 
He starts moving in your church. Amen. He'll start moving in your billfold. <laughs> Please take up the offering. He wants to move in your offerings. He wants to move in your giving. He wants to move you from pennies to quarters, from quarters to dollars, from dollars to tens. Come on. Quit tipping God, some of y'all. Just give him a little tip. Bring the first fruits of what God has blessed you with and give it to the work of the Lord this morning. As I heard, I think it was Brother Larson on the radio this morning talking about giving. The God's system of giving, there is a guaranteed return. What the return is is up to God, not us. But there is a guaranteed return. When you give to the work of God, you are guaranteed God is going to bless you. When you're playing the lottery, you're just taking a chance. And it's wrong and it's sinful. Throw your tickets out. You're wasting your time. Amen. We don't live by chance. We live by faith. We trust the Lord. Amen. And that's the world system. We got, we give to God's work and He guarantees that He blesses us. Amen. And you and I don't determine what the blessing is. He does. And I guarantee this. He always knows what's best for you. And He'll return to you what you need and some. So give this morning. Those of you watching through the internet, Thank you for your help. Those of you here, thank you. You know, I, as somebody said, it's 20% of the people of the church most of the time that's given 80% of the tithes and offerings. It's about 20%. I hope that's not the case here. I hope it's everybody. I hope it's everybody giving everything you can give. We don't need 20%. We need all of God's children giving what the Lord has blessed them with. And amen. And he will bless you. We're going to pray. If you need a touch this morning, if you want to come to the front, if you need to pray about something, come this morning. Spend a few minutes with the Lord. If you got problems, you got issues, I mean, there is no better place in the world to take your problems than down to an altar and say, Lord, touch me this morning. Amen. You don't have to wait for an altar call. You don't have to wait till the end of service. You can come now and you can get a touch from God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you today. I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus, Lord. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for victory, eternal life through the shed blood of your son, Jesus. And, Lord, we ask you this morning to have your way in this church, have your way through those watching today through the Internet, Lord, those who will watch. I pray that you speak to people. I pray you save people. I pray that you touch people, that you heal them, that you set their minds at ease about the things that they're worried about, God, that you would calm them, Lord, that you would still them, Lord, and give them a peace like they've never known or experienced. In the name of Jesus, bless those who give this morning and touch them, meet every need they have in Jesus' name.
God. And so when you leave here today, do not take that burden back, but leave it with me. And leave here this day rejoicing because you have been in the house of the Lord. Rejoicing because you have met with your King and your Savior, the great physician. You have met with the one who can handle every problem, every care. The one who on every sin hung. And there is nothing that I cannot do. Three things that were said that we all deal with, fear, doubt, and worry. And that's the very things that he wants us to just lay down and surrender to him. You got to realize you can't change or fix your problems. And worrying yourself to death over them ain't going to make anything any better. It's only going to make it worse. And if we would just learn, like the Lord says, bring it unto him. Amen. Bring these things to him. And we got to learn to take them to him before we get to church. We got to learn to take these to him when, they, when we get hit with them. The problem, I think, when many times we wait, when something hits us, we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait. Why do we wait? Take it to Jesus immediately. 
ask him, Lord, deal with it. Lord, help me. Lord, get me through this problem that I'm dealing with. He's just trying to break our pride and our stubbornness. And if we would just say, Lord, I need help right now. (laughs) When the problem comes, we'll start finding help. Praise the Lord. We should not have to wait till we get to church. We shouldn't. This is supposed to work outside the doors. This is supposed, when we got this, it works on the job. It works in the family. It works in Walmart. It works driving down the road. It works when your family is mad at you. It works when the devil is attacking you. It works, church, but we've got to do what the Lord said. Give it to him. Give it to him. And don't pick it back up. Don't pick it back up. Leave it. Leave it. Lay it. Leave it. Lord, it ain't mine anymore. It's yours. I quit. I'm not changing. I can't change anything, Lord. It's yours. You fix it. Now you change me and help me to deal with what I'm going through. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a good word from the Lord this morning. I can feel the presence of God in here. And I know you can too. Praise the Lord. You ain't interrupting one thing, Brian. You just let the Lord have his way. The Lord this morning, I want you to go with me in the, your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis chapter 11. I love it when God is touching people. I love it when we let God touch us. Uh, because that makes my job easier. <laughs> makes preachers' jobs a whole lot easier. When you let God have his way, it makes it easier on us. Amen. That's what, that's, that's what the church is supposed to be about. Amen. We take you to Jesus. You take your stuff to him. He fixes you and he makes us, he, he, he helps all of us. Amen. He makes it easier for all of us. So Genesis chapter 11 this morning. You have your Bibles and I hope that you do. Genesis chapter 11, verse 5 is what I want to start reading. The scripture says, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there... Confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth. And they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus today. We thank you for your presence that we feel, that your presence and your power is here. Here it's present to heal, present to relieve us of the problems that we have, sickness, disease, depression, oppression, problems, or whatever people may deal be dealing with, your presence is here. 
Your presence is there through the internet, Lord, to touch people. God, we need your presence. We need your power. We need your spirit to move in us, to move through us, to calm us, Lord, to contain us, to do whatever needs to be done in our heart and life this morning. I thank you that you're healing people spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way possible, Lord. You're doing it today just as you were 2,000, 4,000, or 6,000 years ago. You're still healing people, God. You're still delivering people. And Lord, I pray today that you anoint your word, that you would open it up to us, that you would make it real to us, that you would help us to see how it applies in our day and in our time. Lord, we know that you change not, your word changes not. What you did back then, you do now. Maybe in different ways, but you still work miracles and you still control this earth, Lord. It's yours. So, Lord, we ask you today that you bless the service, that you would move, that you would speak to people and touch us all in Jesus' name. Amen. This had been on my heart, I guess, for I don't know how long now, and I kind of had contemplating about preaching on it, and I just hadn't, and it came to me this week sometime as I began to, to pray about and try to find out what the Lord wanted me to preach today, and the Lord took me back to this, so I went back and I began to read it, and just several things began to come to my mind, and I tried writing some down. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, so I wrote some things down, but if I don't get to them, it don't matter, and if I do, I do, but the setting or the text that we're reading this morning is one of the first organized, it's a story of one of the first organized, organized rebellions on this earth against God. We know the first real rebellion took place in heaven with the angels, the third of the angels who threw in their lot with Satan when they rebelled against God sometime in eternity past. But this is the first organized rebellion that we see uh, instituted here on this earth. And as I was reading through this, I was just asking the Lord, you know, to help me, to show me, to give what will be a blessing to people today and what will help us and how that it applies to us today. And what can we get, what can we get from this that took place 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, however long, how can we see this today in our day and time? Lord, show us how it applies today and what it means to us and open our eyes to show us the things that you want to show us from your word. You know, there's things taking place in this world today. There's things taking place in America. There are things taking place that are, that are, that, that's being used of the devil. Satan is using to try, he, he's always taught rebellion against God and against God's way. He, he And we have never seen such rebellion as we see in our day and time right now. Rebellion in the world. Rebellion against authority. Re, rebellion against law and order. Rebellion in the church. Rebellion on the job. Rebellion in the family. And people don't want to be, as I heard Brother Larson talking about this morning, they don't want to be told what to do. If you're going to live for Jesus, you better get ready to be told what to do. And I'm going to go further. If you're going to come to this church, you better get ready to be told 
what God says you do and what you don't do because you're going to hear it here. Oh, come on, somebody. And I know we got rebellion all in the nation and it's infiltrated into the church and we don't want anybody to tell us what to do because we think we're self-sufficient and we've got it all together and we can do it on our own. And that's the spirit that man has had ever since he fell. Rebellion against God's word and God's way. But this first organized rebellion took place by the man named of Nimrod. My wife used to use that name a lot before we got saved. She'd call people that name, even me from time to time. She hadn't done it anymore since we got saved that I can remember. Because I'm not a Nimrod. I'm not against the Lord. I'm for the Lord. And his name was Nimrod, and he was, uh, if I, if my estimation is right, going through the names, the great-great-grandson of Noah. He was a great-grandson. And through Noah's family, after the flood, this all the stuff that we're reading here begins to take place after the flood, after the ark come to rest, after all the water receded off the earth. Remember, everybody remembers Noah's flood, right? Everybody remembers what God did when he raised up brother Noah to build an ark. Everybody knows the story of Noah's ark. And it's more than just about taking a bunch of animals into a shelter and, you know, preserving them. There's a greater story than that. God, when he looked down before he told Noah to build that ark, he said, everything I see is evil. Everything, the imagination of every man's heart, everywhere God looked is, was set on evil continually. And God said, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. And I'm about to bring judgment. So I'm going to raise up a man by the name of Noah, a righteous man, a man who loves me and fears me, and I'm going to use him as a tool to build an ark to preserve him and his family while I wipe out the rest of society. But I'll give people an opportunity to come into that ark with him. If they'll believe me, if they'll accept me, and they'll turn to me and repent of their sins. But we know the final end of that story. Only Noah and his family, was it his eight sons? Noah and his sons, they entered into the ark, their family. And the Bible says that God poured out judgment upon this earth in the form of rain. Continuous rain, day and night, day and night, 40 days and 40 nights until it totally covered the whole earth. The ark went up and people started losing their lives. Everything God saw, he said, it's evil. I have to start all over because I, I, I... you know, today, I'm glad today, <laughs> this guy stopped by 
shop down there the other day to offer me an ad in a little newspaper, and he was telling me some things about it. And he said, I heard you got broke into and got robbed, you know, a while back. He said, that's just awful, da, da, da. He said, you know, sometimes God kills people that does that. I thought, <laughs> I didn't say much. I thought, yeah, I'm glad he ain't killed me. I thought, boy, I'm glad he didn't kill me when I was lost. <laughs> sometimes, I said, well, yeah, sometimes. he has done that. He has done that. <laughs> and you can feel that kill him attitude. Somebody does something wrong, ain't that what? Well, here we go. Kill him. That's what we're born with. Oh, yes, I was upset. You better know I didn't like somebody taking four or $5,000 worth of motorcycles from me and coming into my place of business and waltzing out like they own it, taking my stuff. If you think I walked in and said, well, praise the Lord, the Lord will restore it. You got another thing coming. I was upset at first. I was, I was bothered. I was troubled. When I watched the video, I didn't like it. And thoughts ran through my mind and things that I would like to do to them. And I had to get myself under control. And I had to say, God, help me in the name of Jesus, let it go, forgive whoever done it, turn them over to you, let the police have it, and go on. And I told that man, I said, I turn it over to the Lord, I let the police have it, and I let it go. But then he says something that was really good before he left. He said, you know, he said, you heard that story? I didn't tell him I was a preacher or anything. He didn't even know who he's talking to. I don't tell people that stuff. He said, there was a story in the Bible about David. He said the Bible said that he was a had a burnt zigzag and and the devil and people they stole everything that he that he had and and the Lord in the end told David to go after him said you're gonna recover all he said he said I want you to pray that prayer I want you to pray pray that start praying prayer that that you recover all boy I felt some goosebumps come for a second I said okay Lord now I'll pray I'm gonna pray that you're gonna restore my motor I'm gonna pray you're gonna restore me some money back from my stolen motorcycles. But I ain't going to sit around dwelling on it, thinking about it, worried about it. Hey, if it comes, it comes. But God, God did pour out his judgment on these people, on society. It was like a cancer. And he says, I've got to get rid of it and start all over. And he starts all over with just a few people. The generations of Noah and his family. And so the Bible says that after the flood... When they left the ark, well, we're not going to go into all that story about what happened with Noah because he learned, well, yeah, I guess I'll mention. You know, if you want to know something about the the first story of alcohol, you can read back in this story here in Genesis chapter 10, and you can find out what the results of drinking alcohol and getting drunk is. Destruction, misery, pain, family problems. Come on. Social problems. And the Bible says Noah planted a vineyard, got drunk. We all know about all that and some of the things that are believed that happened to him. But nevertheless, God still was with him. He learned some things through it. And his sons, the Bible says Shem, Ham, and Japheth began to begat children upon the face of the earth. And this believed that, that the text that we're reading in this morning was maybe about a hundred years after the flood. So civilization began to, to multiply. The Lord told, gave them the same command, I believe it was, that he gave Adam and Eve, wasn't it? He says, be fruitful and multiply the earth. Go, and I want, he said, I want you to go and 
I want you to multiply. I want you to scatter. I want you to stretch out because I'm going to raise up a nation. I'm going to raise up a people. We know that people today to be the Jews, the nation of Israel. Everybody in society of this day, and there's, there's, there's Gentile nations here that are being formed through this also. Everybody that was not of Jewish descent was Gentile. The Jews were God's covenant people, His special people, His chosen people. And they would be raised up through some of these people, some of these generations of people. More importantly, though, these generations pointed to the Savior, the Deliverer, the one who would come and die on the cross to save us and to deliver us from our sin. That's what this generational stuff is all about. Of the seed of David, Jesus would be the ultimate result of the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, the Savior of the world, who would come down the cross to save us from our sin. And the Bible says that they begin to multiply upon the face of the earth, but here's a problem that, that began to come about. The Bible said that God wanted them to multiply and to scatter out. But the issue here from the Word of God we find is that they, they, they probably even heard from Noah what God had said. You see, because godly people tell people what God has said. Godly people who know God's Word, we tell people what God says. We don't tell them what our feelings say. We tell them what the Word says. And I believe he told them. The Lord said, God said, there's one God, multiply, replenish the earth, scatter out because God is going to do something in the days and the years to come. And what do they, they, what do they do? They do the very opposite of what God has told them to do. Ain't that just like human beings? God says, do it this way. You say, no, I'm going to do it that way. God has a way in which He has a relationship with us today and that way is through His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He did at the cross. And if you don't come through that way, you don't know God. That's definitive. That's Bible. There's no change in this. There's no altar in this. And the Lord wants us, this is the message that God wants us to give to people. He don't want it contained in a little building in Athens, Tennessee. He wants it to stretch out. He wants it carried to Africa. He wants it carried to Mexico. He wants it carried all over the world because we can't contain this Jesus inside the four walls of a little building in Athens, Tennessee. We got a command today. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't keep it to yourself. Take it to everybody else. That's the command of God in Mark 16, 15. 
Oh, well, that's just for them back then. That's what's wrong with some of y'all. Them back then, and that's why you back where you are. And ain't got no further. Because you stuck on them back then. And ain't letting Jesus do what he wants to do in you right now. He wants to work a miracle for you. He wants to do something great in your life right now. Not back then, right now. He wants to heal your body. He wants to save your soul. He wants to deliver your family member. He wants to cast the devil out of somebody in your family. He wants to do something, church. He wants to set somebody free. And just as God commanded them to be fruitful and multiply, it's the same mission today to the church. In a spiritual sense, to do the same thing. But what do they do? Nimrod is his name. Who the Bible says he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And when you read that and you get into the Hebrew of what all that really means, it was he wasn't on God's side. He was against God. And he wasn't just a man that said he was a mighty hunter. He was he was somebody uh, who had who was building himself a reputation. Listen to lead. People in rebellion against God. You know one day there is a man called the Antichrist coming into this world, coming onto the scene, who's going to do the same exact thing as Nimrod attempted to do. And the Bible said he began to establish himself. As a mighty man, he made a name for himself. And he started gaining a following. And he goes totally against what God had told Noah and his family to tell the world of that day to go and be fruitful and multiply and scatter out. And he, this man, says, I'm going to build us a kingdom here on earth. We're going, we're going to. We're going to show, I'm going to show people who I am. I'm going to show them what, what I can do. It's like, you know, like our, our government today. People who think they're going to build a kingdom here on this earth. They think they're going to live here forever. They act like it. This, this, this one world government, this one world agenda, this, this control. This change that we've seen the last few years and the, the control, the, the control by social media companies who want to censor the gospel. They want it confined. They don't want it going out and the devil don't want this gospel. He's tried to silence us the last few years and he's done it through the government. He's done it through social media. He's done it through the line news media. And he's done everything he can to try to build a little kingdom down here to get people to worship a system that is anti-God, anti-Christ, because he's trying to prepare people for the real anti-Christ and most of the people of the world ain't even going to know who he is when he comes.
because he'll be a smooth talker. He'll have a great reputation. Just like Nimrod. And the Bible said that he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, meaning, meaning against the Lord. And it said the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. This is where all this story begins. This, he's the man who's responsible for, uh, listen, attempting to build something contrary to God's word and God's way. But I want to tell you something today, and I heard this on the radio a few weeks ago. I don't care who it is. I don't care how big the media company is. I don't care how much technology advances in this nation or around the world and it is used of Satan to try to halt or hinder the same God that owns this universe, that sets space in motion, that set the earth in motion, everything that we see here, everything that we can't see here. God is in control of it and he's not going to have any man any company any government holding him up from moving in these last days come on somebody do you believe you got a big God today I don't care what kind of technology is developed God is able to do what he did here he's able to come down and disrupt it praise God and open doors for the gospel of his son to go all over the world. He ain't going to have no man hindering because there are souls at stake. The government Joe Biden ain't going to stop God. The government can't stop God. Come on, somebody. These bunch of reprobates can't stop God. The new green people can't stop God. Go green. Keep your green. I'm driving my hot rod on petrol. <laughs> all this stuff we see going on in our world, what's, what's it all being used? It's control. They're trying. Every, can you not see the devil trying to hinder what God has laid out in his word? That he wants to do. And we know that technology, all technology is not evil. I don't believe that everything is a conspiracy theory. I don't believe in aliens. I don't believe in UFOs. I don't know what planet you're living on, but I'm living on this one. I ain't been in no spaceship. I ain't seen no spaceship. Ain't nothing flew into my backyard, attempted to pick me up and kidnap me. They wouldn't want me. I don't believe everything is a conspiracy theory. Are there conspiracies? Yes, they are. But I don't think that everything is. You got to be careful what you listen to and what you believe because you'll come away thinking everything is a conspiracy. Some things God has allowed to happen. Because of man's rebellion against his word. It ain't conspiracy, it's just outright rebellion against God and his word. 
And the Bible said his, the beginning of his kingdom was Babylon. In other words, he was the one who, was, would, who had founded this city. So he, found, he finds this city. He leads a group of people along with him. And he says, you know what? This plain looks really good. This is a lot of wide open land here. Let's, hey, fellas, let's stop here. And let's build us a city and let's build us a, a tower. Let's build us something to reach up into the heavens and, and let's just stay right here and make a name for ourselves. That's what a lot of your denominations have done. Right there, there's a lot of your Baptist denominations. They got Nimrod spirit. They don't want no gospel to go outside no walls. They don't care if another soul gets saved. Not just them. There's others. Methodists, Pentecostals, fit everybody into the group. They don't care if another soul gets saved. All they want to do, they got that little board on the back wall of the church every week, don't they? They roll them numbers. How many attended? How much the offering was? And nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting convicted of sin. Nobody's coming to Jesus. Nobody's laying down alcohol. Nobody's laying down fornication. Nobody's laying down sexual immorality. Nobody's laying down sins. And but the sign outside says this Baptist this or first Baptist this or, or Jesus this and we all look real good. Controlled by the devil. And the gospel is hindered. And people don't get saved. How many times have I heard this and God don't ever let it happen in this church because I don't want to have to kick somebody out of this church. That somebody lost without God walks through the doors and everybody sits there and stares at them. Looks at them like they got the plague. What are you doing here? That's religion. I said, that's religion. And all it does is kills people. It's self-righteousness. When somebody comes through the doors of this church that's never been here, they ought to feel the love. They ought to feel that they're welcome. They ought to, some of y'all, you ought to be going to them after this service is over. If I don't, I can't get to them, and a lot of times I can't, you ought to get to them before I can. You ought to go put your arm around them and say, praise God, we're glad you came here today. Come on back tonight. Come on, somebody. You ought to, you know, you won't have to learn how to say, look. You, you, we can't hinder, we can't keep this to ourselves. When we do that, all we're doing is building our own little kingdom right here and we're just trying to make ourselves look really good. Nimrod. You the Nimrod. Hindering people from coming to Jesus. Nimrod. Don't care about lost souls. Nimrod. All you care about is how big the offering is. All you care about is how big the choir is. All you care about is how many programs you got in your church. 
trying to make a name for yourself and people are dying and going to hell putting lipstick on those pigs but they're still pigs until you get the pig out of the dirty nasty environment you can dress him up you can fatten him up you can make him look good but until the pig is washed in the blood until that lost soul comes to Jesus and comes by faith and lets him change their life they ain't nothing but a pig we got pig programs in the church most of the churches today if you call them they all answer say pig ministries pig ministries where we keep them dirty we keep them wallowing in the mire we got, we give them 12 steps, we give them 2 steps, we give them 10 steps, we got a psychologist for them, we got a psychiatrist for them, pig ministries. How can we help you? You don't understand the delivering power of God. You don't understand the effectual working of the power of the Holy Ghost through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because if you did, you'd throw out your programs. If you did, you'd get rid of your psychiatrist. If you did, you'd get rid of Dr. So-and-so. If you did, you'd get rid of this program and that program, and you would get on your knees, and you would open your heart, and you would let Jesus have his way in your life. And, brother, when you do, look out. Some freedom is coming. Some deliverance is coming. Some peace is coming. Some joy is coming. I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. Come on somebody you need the joy of the Lord today these programs are all over the internet and they dress them up they make them look real good on Facebook but deep down below when the camera's turned off and all the men go back to their individual rooms they're still dirty inside Because they haven't been brought to the one who can bring deliverance and freedom from those powers of darkness, Jesus. Well, everybody, they don't all believe that. Oh, yeah, well, let me, you either believe one or the other. Can't be both. You either believe that the sacrifice of the cross works or you believe it's the other. There ain't no in-betweens. You can't mix them together. And this is what people are doing. They're trying to mix it. You can't mix Jesus with a psychiatrist because he ain't no psychiatrist and he don't need no psychiatrist. His sacrifice on the cross paid the way to make you totally free from every single bondage in your life. I said his sacrifice on the cross paid the way to give you the peace, to give you the joy, to take away your fear, to take away your word, to take away your bondage. But the devil doesn't want people to hear this. He doesn't want preachers to preach this. He'd rather that they have a program. And so we have Nimrod rebelling against God. Let's just stop right here. And let's build us a city. And let's build us a tower. We ain't going to stop with building a city. Let's reach up into the heavens. Let's reach up into outer space. Let's show what great capabilities we have in America with technology. Man went to the moon 
not saying it's wrong, not saying it's evil, not saying it's a bad thing. But man went to the moon, didn't he? And he didn't stop there. We've got all types of technology and things, and some of it, again, it's good. you got satellites in space that can pick up signals that can help to purport the gospel through television and take it, or internet, I mean, all over the world. That's good. But on the other hand, you got Satan perverting it, trying to hinder it, trying to stifle it. And he's using everything he can today. He's using the technology that God wants to use to get people saved. He's trying to use it to hinder a move of God. He's trying to use it to stop God from moving in these last days. So the Bible said at that time, the whole earth, they were all of one language and one speech. And Brother Swagger said in his notes, if they were, if they were Jewish descent back then, it would have been a Hebrew language. They all spoke one language. And that was God's intention from the get-go. Because God wants everybody to understand one another. He does, look, confusion and every evil work, that ain't of God. It's of Satan. And I believe it was God's intention everybody be a one language, one mind, one soul, one faith. One understanding of God and His Word, but you see, man ain't satisfied with doing things God's way, so they got to attempt to do it their way, and the result of it brings nothing but confusion. And that's exactly what they did. They were of one language, and it said as they as they journeyed from the east. They found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And here's what they said. And Nimrod was the leader of this. You've always got a leader in the rebellion. There's always a leader somewhere rebelling against God's word. It ain't just usually one person. Well, it, it can be one, but it can be a groups of people too. But, but more or less, in this case, it was one man, but he was leading other people to follow his lead. To go against God's word said they, they said to one another, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had slime for mortar. So they had knowledge of how to make brick then. They were making brick before Exodus chapter 3. They were making brick because God, look, they, God gave man knowledge even then. To know how to do things. But again, God gives people knowledge and if it ain't used for the right thing, it can be used as a hindrance. If it's not used to take the gospel to people, it can be used to hinder people from coming to God. So they take and they, 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 they know how to make brick and they start building themselves a city. And the name of it was Babel. And the name, that name actually means confusion. Confusion. To be confused. They all begin to conspire with one another, you could say, under the leadership of Nimrod to build this city anti-God, anti-Christ, anti against God's word and what God has said and we're going to do it 
something. We're going to do what we want to do our way. And it said they're going to build a tower. And they weren't just going to build a little 20-foot tower. That ain't what they had in mind. They were literally planning to reach as far into the heavens of outer space as they could. And, it, and, and when reading the, you know, some of Brother Swagger's commentary and stuff on this stuff this week, he said probably it was to, to worship the zodiac, the, the planetary bodies. And you know, you know, the Bible says they worship the, the creation more than the creator. And today they're doing the same thing. Has anybody seen the number of commercials on television where they want you to feel more sorry for that poor little dog? That's scrawny and, you know, he hadn't got all the food that he needs and they make him sound like a little Ethiopian child in Africa somewhere in the jungles and want you to have more pity on a dog. And they ask you to send money for him. Oh my gosh. Help, would you help support a pet? But how many of God's people? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll send money to stuff like that. But when we get them in church and we ask them to give an offering to go to Africa to preach the lost souls, they say, what's he going there? They worship the creation. I'm, I, look, I love animals not as much as my wife does. I'm not an animal lover, lover. I'm not mean to them. I used to be before I got saved. I have a heart now. Some things that I did some animals before I got saved, I won't tell you. I hated cats. I still don't really care that much for them now, but I won't be mean to them. I won't harm them unless they try to attack me or something. (laughs) I have to confess I did have to send one to heaven about 15 or 16 years ago. Crazy, wild, coming over to our property on the back porch, attacking other cats. That thing was evil looking. And one day I come outside, and there that thing was trying to attack them cats again, man. And I had my shotgun right nearby, and feathers and fur, and not feathers, fur. Looked like feathers. Maybe it was a turkey. <laughs> And that's the only thing I've ever had to do. And I, and I didn't even like to do that. I didn't feel good about it having to do it. I didn't. But today they want you to have more compassion on an animal than a human being. People today, the things that people will do for their pets. The things they'll buy for them. You see them out in town all the time now in stores where you used to never see pets in stores. Everybody's got to take their dog to Rural King now. I'm not saying it's wrong. And there's nothing wrong with loving your animal. But they portray this animal as though it's a little innocent human being. And listen, I'm facing oh, I'm facing to hurt some of y'all's feelings. When your doggy dies, when your kitty dies, it ain't going to heaven. 
Jesus didn't die for your dog. He didn't die for your cat. He died for you. And the book of Ecclesiastes says that the souls of the beast, when they die, they go back to the dust of the earth. They go back to the earth. There's a scripture there that alludes to that. And there's people that will fight you over that one. Because they know good and well, rough, rough is with Jesus. And they think when they walk through the pearly gates, they're going to see him first. Wrong. And we see this worship of creation, the things God gave us, good things. And they say, we're going to build us a tower. And we ain't just building a tower. We're going to build us something that's going to, that everybody around is going to know who we are. There's some of your churches. There's some of your denominations. It's not about lost souls. It's about the denomination. It's about their pet doctrine. It's about their, their, their way of thinking, their sex and their groups. We got churches trying to make names for themselves. Organized rebellion against God. They're on social media. They're on the internet. We got cliques. We got sex. We got cults. We got people that they don't care about getting people saved. The gospel ain't about somebody else. It's really just about them and their kingdom, what they're building. It's about me, don't you know? That's the spirit of the world. And that's what we're supposed to lose when we come to Jesus because it ain't about you anymore. It's all about Him. It ain't about what you do for Him. It's what He wants to do in you. Too many times we want to build something for Him. And He says, no, you need to let me build something in you. Let me build something in you. And the Bible said they, they began, they set out, and they started, they started building this city. They started building this tower. We don't know how far they got up with it, but they had their minds dead set. We're gonna, we're gonna make a name for ourselves. And we're, we're going we're gonna to make sure that everybody around here knows who we are. They build the city. They're, they're beginning on the tower. They're building it up, building it up, building it up until the scripture says that one day God looks down. You think he didn't already know? This is the point in time where the scripture points out what he was about to do. You think he didn't, if you think he didn't already know, you don't know God. Because he already knows you and me from the beginning to the end. He already knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He already knows what, what's going to happen on the job. He already knows how you're going to handle your problem. He already knows if you're going to follow his way or reject his way. Now, he will point that out to us at times to show us we got a choice. And so he sees what they're doing and he says, you know what, this is rebellion against what I want for society. This is rebellion. Look, this will be a hindrance to me forming my nation. This will be a hindrance to me forming the Jewish people. This will be a hindrance if, if, if I let them have their way and just do what they want, we're not going to get anywhere. 
And God come down to see what they were doing. And he saw it. And the Bible said that (laughs) he saw the tower which the men of the city had built or that they began to build. And he said, nothing will be restrained from them. Well, if they're willing to attempt to do this, what else will they try? Hey, America, if they are willing to do what they have attempted to do in the last few years in America, what else will they attempt to do? (laughs) Oh, but I got some news for some of them. (laughs) There's some confusion coming. One of them's already confused. He's been confused. And I ain't speaking bad about him. He's got some problems. But I have to wonder if God ain't allowed some confusion and a lack of concentration and not being able to do anything to try to wake America up, to try to tell America that it ain't about being a big prosperous nation and having all your money and all your commerce and, and your big fancy homes and your, and your big fancy cars. It's all about coming back to Jesus. Come back to the Bible. Come back to God. Come back to your first love. I didn't save you to make you rich. I saved you to make you free. I didn't save you to make you wealthy and to give you every single thing that your little heart desires. I saved you to bring you out of the bondage of the devil. I saved you to make you clean. I saved you to bring you out of dark. I saved you to bring you out of this bunch of filth and this perversion that is going on in our nation. I've called you to be a separate people. I've called you to be a holy people. I've called you to be salt. I've called you to be light. And I'm going to do something to bring you out of it. Confusion. God said... I'm going to stop this. (laughs) Woo! He says, I see what they're doing. And if I don't step in, they very well could become a great hindrance to what I want to do in the future. And he said that God said, let us go down. I'm going to stop here and make a point for those of you who don't believe in the Trinity. There it is. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Us. Plural. He didn't say me. Us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Remember that? Remember that Word that came and was manifest and and made flesh Jesus? And remember the Holy Ghost that was there from the beginning even until now. Let us go down and confound their language. God said, this is how I'm going to fix it. I'm going to send confusion to them. I'm going to break up their groups. (laughs) I'm going to tear down some of their denominations. I'm going to tear down some of them Baptist barriers. I'm going to tear down some of that false religion. Come on, somebody. Them kingdoms of false religion being built in this nation. God says, I'm going to come down and I'm going to start tearing some of them down. How's he going to do it? 
2,000 years ago, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to confound the things that are mighty and to prove Himself powerful to those that are weak. And through what He would do on the cross, He said to the Jews and the Greeks, it is foolishness, but unto we that believe it, it is the power of God, the blood of Jesus Christ, the preaching of the cross will tear down your false religion. The preaching of the blood will bring you out of your darkness. The preaching of the blood will pull you out of death and hell. The preaching of the power of God will deliver you from your sin. The power of God will tear down your darkness. The power of God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Devil serious. I'm going to stop all that. That's what he's done in a lot of churches. Mask up, shut up, and sit down. I still can't get over the people I saw on the internet preaching with a mask on. I said, I'll die before I put a mask on and preach. Control. Censorship. Remember on Facebook, if you said anything negative about COVID, you could be censored. Control. Freedom of speech, they want to take it from you. They want to build their own kingdom. And they don't want any part of God's. (laughs) And they're doing everything they can to try to stop it, but... God has a plan in America. God has a plan for this world. And the devil ain't going to stop it. He, he may hinder it, but he ain't going to stop what God's going to do. Because God promised in the last days, he is going to pour his spirit out. He promised that he is, and we're in the last days, and we're in the last of the last days, and I believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He has saved the best for last, and I'm glad I'm here to be a part of the best for last. I'm glad I'm going to get to see God move in a way like we ain't never seen in our life. I believe it. Why have we been fought so hard the last few years? Why has there been so much oppression coming from our government? Why has Satan and use some of your family members to try to drag you down because the Lord wants to do something. God wants to move. He says, I, I see what's going on in America. And they can put satellites in space and they can have technology here. But don't y'all know who I am? Don't you know I can tear it down? Don't you know I can confuse them? Don't you know I own the universe? I can strike a satellite down. I can cut your phone off. Come on, I can do whatever I want to do because I'm God. If all the cell phones of this nation went off, half this nation would cry and have a fit. You can't get them in the altar down here repenting of their sin, but they're Snapchat! Oh God, please get my phone back! 
How about, Lord, I need deliverance from that phone. I need deliverance from that computer. And look, all this stuff ain't evil. Your phone itself, it ain't evil. Where's it? That's not evil. I don't see any evil spirit on it. I see nothing evil about it. Matter of fact, listen, look, look. I can do so much good things with this that you could never do in the 1980s. You couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. Who remembers the 80s? What kind of cell phone did you have then? You didn't have one. You had that old big long cord phone. If you want to talk to somebody private, you got to go outside the door and shut the door on everybody because then want mom and daddy hear you talking to your friends about what you're about to go do with your friends and you stretch that cord out as far as you can go. Hey, honey, what you doing? Come on over and give me. We're going to go out tonight. You remember people's phone numbers because if you didn't, you couldn't call them. I can, we can preach the gospel. Right now we are. Look. Check this out. Anywhere in the world, somebody can click on that. Anywhere. And hear old loud mouth. And see your pretty faces. In Athens, Tennessee, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of that? No. Hello? That's good. <laughs> Look, I can call anybody in America and even people in foreign countries and video chat and you don't have to pay a long distance fee. Who remembers when you had to make collect calls? In a payphone booth. You didn't have 25 cents, 35 cents, however much it was. You can... I can send a message to people. If I don't have time, just want to sit around and chat or talk to somebody or something, I need to tell somebody about something, I just send a message to them. Send you a message. You can message me back. It works fine. Nothing wrong with it. What else can you do? I can... I got a Bible app. I can read my Bible... I got a Strong's Concordance app. If I want to look up a word from the Bible that comes to my mind and I, and I, I don't have my Bible on hand, and if I'm somewhere and I want to look it, there it is. I can pull it up. I can find out what that word means. I can check my bank account. Ain't much in it. I can check my bank account. I can make a transfer. If I want to, I can transfer money from my account to yours, but you ain't getting it. Hers, she's got her hand in there. If I have to, that helps us because used to you had to go, you had to get in the car, drive to the bank, got to sign paperwork, got to take somebody. You got so this helps. Nothing wrong with technology that helps us. Just don't let it get a grip on you. Don't let it become your god. Don't let social media. Look, China owns TikTok. And they, they say they use it to gain all of America's information. You young people, they want to get all the information on you that they can. They want to find out your likes, the things you buy. Look, there's an agenda behind this stuff. And if you think the devil ain't using some of these nations, you're wrong. He is. They 
spying on us and they're using that right there to get what they want on us to find out information. If you're listening to me right now, Jesus wants to save you. Listen all you want. I ain't got nothing to hide. If you try to listen in on me at 6 o'clock in the morning, you ain't going to hear nothing. I'm sitting there reading my Bible. If I'm about 6.37, you ain't going to hear nothing because the phone's in there and I'm in here praying. And you ain't going to hear me hiding nothing. If you're going to hear anything, it's going to be about the gospel. It ain't going to be, ain't nothing to hide here. It's all about Jesus. I don't worry about it. Are they listening? I don't care if they listen. Listen on. But Satan is trying to use this stuff to hinder the gospel. Listen, and I'm going to go a little further. Us. It can happen to anybody. You can become addicted to that technology, that phone, that just like you can a drug or a drink. And it can hinder you in your walk with the Lord. Because now you're making something. You, you, you're committing idolatry. And, well, how do I know if I'm doing that? You spend more time doing that than anything else. Do you spend time with the Lord? Do you get on your knees and pray? Do you talk to Him? Do you pray? Do you take more than just a minute of your day? Do you... Read your Bible. She's got that baby in front of that television every morning, 6 o'clock. Brother Swaggered on. Messed to the cross. And he runs, puts him in his walk. He walks right up to the TV and sits right there and looks at him and listens to him. I couldn't think of a better way to raise a baby than listening to a spirit-filled preacher who preaches the blood, <laughs> who tells man what his real problem is. And you can tell the, that that's what God wants. Your influence, the influences of your children, they're going to be good or bad. What are you teaching them? You know what most people do? They put them in front of the TV and put every kind of cartoon in the world on. And they don't care what the cartoon's about. They don't listen to see what's what's what, you know... It can look really innocent at times, but if you listen and you listen and you listen, you'll find things inserted that's evil. That's there to try to get your, try to get your child. It was probably 13, 14 years ago. I was watching Francis and Friends one morning and, and they, somebody called in and said, did you know that they got dolls at Kmart now that you pull a string on it? And they named a doll and said, that thing, that doll, it says, it's supposed to say one thing, but it says, Islam is the light. And I thought, thank you. Are you serious? I drove down to Kmart before it closed in Sweetwater. And I went back there and found the doll they were talking about and picked it up and pulled the string. And sure enough, it said, Islam is the light. And people were coming into the store already complaining and the managers, they pulled that doll off the shelf. And I said, praise the Lord because Islam ain't the light. Jesus is the light. Come on, somebody. 
Islam ain't no light in Islam. It's darkness in Islam. But praise God, there's light in Jesus Christ. And you know that stuff is designed to put that into your little kid, your little child's mind, to brainwash your child, to believe in some stupid false religion. You better pay attention to your children and what they're watching. The Lord, <laughs> He said, let us go down and confound their language that they won't understand one another's speech. And what did God do? He comes down the Trinity and He supernaturally, in a miraculous way, He begins to break groups of people up by giving them, separating, changing their languages. We don't know how many, maybe, I don't know, a thousand in a group. Let's just say, you know, for the sake of argument, a thousand here, a thousand there. They're different groups, and God says, here's the way I'm going to stop them. I'm going to change their language so they can't communicate with one another, and they'll get distracted, they'll get disturbed, they'll get upset with one another, and finally, they will spread out, and my, what, what I have laid out for them to begin with will begin to be accomplished. They will leave off to this building of this city. They will stop preaching false doctrine. They will stop worshiping creation. They will stop building their own little kingdoms on earth. And just maybe I can get the gospel out. He confounded them. By changing lang the languages. Could you imagine that if we were sitting here talking to one another and all of a sudden <laughs> our language changed and we couldn't understand one another? And that's exactly what happened. Because God said, this is what I'm going to do to stop it. What's God going to do in these last days? He's going to move by the power of His Spirit. Now, is he going to do, will he do miraculous things? Yes. You think God can't get into the government? You think God can't move on people to do things? You think God can't move against people? You think God can't raise up people? You think God can't tear down people? You think God can't get into the White House? You think God can't get into Congress? You think God can't get into the local state house? Yes, he can. He's God and He can do whatever He wants to do. And we need to start praying, Lord, do whatever you got to do to straighten this mess out in our nation so the gospel can be preached so that people, we can have freedom, Lord, to continue to do what you've called us to do and help us not to be satisfied with being here on this earth trying to build our own little kingdom. He confounded them. He changed their languages and said, The Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of the earth. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mighty Nimrod ain't so mighty anymore. The mighty have fallen. You see, when God steps in, He can change things. When God says, I'm going to change something, He does it the right way. We don't know what to do. 
I don't know what to do for America. All I know is that the gospel will save and deliver people, but I don't know. I can't fix this nation, and you can't either. All we can do is steer people to the one who can. And we need the Lord to do that in our government. To give us somebody, again, that will at least believe this is the answer. This is our help. Not a Quran, a Bible. The word of God. He confounded them and they left off and they all scattered. They left off to build the city. Confused. Can't communicate with one another. Distracted. Just like today. And God said, I'm going to do this so that my purpose will be accomplished in the earth. And today that purpose is to bring lost souls to Jesus Christ. You know, some circles today, even in Christianity, they believe that, they, that they're going to elect enough Christian politicians into office and clean the world up and Jesus will come back. They really believe that. <laughs> that ain't what the Bible teaches. This world is not going to get cleaned up until Jesus does come back. This world is not getting better. This world is only getting worse. It's only getting, it's only getting evil, 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 more evil. And sometimes you wonder, how much, Lord, can you look, how much more can you look at? But he's God. And he has the ability to overlook things for a time that we can't overlook. Not that he's not taking notice. He knows. And at some point in time, he's going to take action. But that's his business, not mine or yours. He judges, and he will judge. And until he does what he does, what do we do? We keep spreading the gospel. We keep preaching the gospel. We keep telling people that are bound by sin that Jesus can set them free. We keep telling that lost soul out there that's living in darkness, you don't have to stay in your darkness. You don't have to live bound by the devil. There's a way out of it. And it's through Jesus Christ. He's the only way out. He ain't a ticket. He ain't just a ticket to heaven. He's deliverance from sin. He's freedom from the powers of darkness. And I don't care what you're bound by today, he can set you free. We're proof in this place today. Some of us, we know. We've been there. I've been where many of you are through that camera. The alcohol, the bondage, the anger, the bitterness. But I tell you what, it's a whole lot better on this side. When the sun makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I said, when the sun makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I'm going on 25 years today, not today, but now, free from Budweiser, free from cigarettes, free from chewing tobacco, free, come on somebody, free, free, free. You don't have to stay in bondage to the devil. You don't have to stay in bondage to drugs. You don't have to stay in bondage to alcohol. Jesus Christ ain't no psychiatrist. He's a deliverer and he can deliver you right here, right now, today if you need it. Miss Grace, would you come? 
Stand to your feet if you would. We're going to pray real quick. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would. If you're here today and you're lost without God, He loves you. You ain't here by accident today. He sent you here to give you a divine message that He can change your life. He can set you free. If you're in this building today, if you're watching through the internet, those of you watching also, it applies to you. If you don't know Jesus, you're lost, you're in bondage, you're in darkness, and you need to come to know him today, I want you to slip up your hand, and I want you to say, I want you to pray for me, Pastor. I want you to pray for me to come to know Jesus. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to put you on the spot. Forget about what people think and know what God knows. He knows the real heart. He knows the real you. He knows what you need. If you're in this building today and you need freedom from something, maybe you're a Christian, you're struggling with something, you need freedom from it. The same answer is for you. It's the blood. It's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross that can make you free from any and every bondage in your life. And all God wants you to do is that word he gave this morning through Lisa is to come to him. Give it to him. As she begins to play, if you're here today, if you need the Lord to touch you, if you need a move of God, if you need to be free, if you, maybe you need to be saved, I want you to step out and make your way down to this front and take some time. If there's strongholds, maybe there's a stronghold that's been built up in your heart and the devil says it's going to stay there. He's a liar. The Holy Spirit says, I'll tear it down if you bring it to me. No matter what it is, you surrender it to Jesus. You give up. You stop trying to change yourself and you let God have his way and you watch what will happen in your life. As she plays, if you need something, I want you to come. I don't want you to hesitate. We're not going to wait very long. I'm not going to hem haul around. If you need a touch, if you need something, you need to come now. You need to step out. You don't need to worry about being embarrassed. You need to get over what people think about you because it's only about you and Jesus today. It ain't about you and your neighbor. It ain't about you and your family member. It's only about you and the Lord. And whatever you need, he's got it. Watching through that camera, he's got what you need. If you need salvation from sin, He can give it to you right where you are. If you need to be delivered from the bondages of darkness, I don't care how many times you've jammed a needle in your vein, the power of God can make you free, my friend. He can turn your life around. He can pull you up out of the muck and the mire, and He can put you into the light of the gospel. He's able to do it. God wants to do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for the power of your spirit and I thank you, Lord, that your power is powerful enough to tear down every stronghold and break every chain. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, your spirit sweep through this place this morning. God, that you touch people. Lord, those that need deliverance right now, I pray, Lord, that you would set them free. God, I pray that you would tear down the strongholds. I pray that you would bring peace. I pray that you would give them comfort. You would give them protection. Lord, that you would go with them, Lord, as they leave this place today, God, that they would know that they know that they know that they have heard from you, Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. 
And Lord, I ask you to move. God, continue to move in this church. Bless us, touch us, bring us back together tonight, Lord, to come to worship you, to praise you, and to hear your word once again. Lord, go with us as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Tell somebody how much you love them today, that you've been blessed. Come back this evening at 530. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee, Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.